Today in the podcast, Don and I are going to talk with Ryan Brown, the CEO of XByte Technologies, about an interesting approach they have to the server marketplace. That's all coming up on the IT Pro TV podcast, starting right now. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and with me as always is Don Pizzette. Don, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Excited for uh, another podcast episode, and we, you know we've got another remote interview, so I'm excited about that because it's always kind of fun to learn from the things other people are doing. Yeah, you can always tell when that's coming. We've got the, the screen up here uh, <laughs> behind us, uh, not just for the good looks and the, the light that it gives me, but uh, yeah, we're going to be talking with someone from XByte Technologies, and uh, XByte, if you, if you look at it, um, someone that maybe... I don't know, someone like me that doesn't really know what they're talking about uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff. You've got uh, a company that you can basically go and buy buy your servers from. And I think, well, what's the difference in going and, and buying it from Dell? Where I know with Dell, I can go and configure what my server is going to look like. But um, it sounds like XByte's got a little bit more with the configuration, but I'm still getting those, you know, the, the good Dell servers or the good, uh, you know, name brand servers everyone's looking for, but just a little more configured. Yeah, and, you know, XByte got on our radar for two reasons. One, they're actually not very far from here. They're headquartered out of uh, Bradenton. Uh, Bra ah, Bradenton, but they, but they started here in, in Gainesville, actually, yeah. So uh, so they're, they're kind of a, a local-to-us company. Uh, but also, if you go to their website, it, it basically looks like the, the Dell server sales. They've got servers and switches and storage and all of that. Uh, but if you pay close attention, you'll see where they've got uh, – Higher specifications than some of the the Dell servers, and it's uh, it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, well, how are they able to offer something different than what Dell is is actually offering, or how are they able to maintain a warranty? And so uh, we've we've talked to them a few times over the last few months, and we got a chance to line up an interview with them uh, to be able to talk to their CEO and, and find out a little bit about what their company is, how they do what they do, and, and and what that is that they offer to the community. And it's it's really neat. I think you guys will find this really interesting. All right, Don, so let's go ahead and welcome in Ryan from XByte Technologies. So, Ryan, uh, first of all, uh, welcome to the show. And, and we've talked a little bit about... Thank you. Uh, thank you. We've talked a little bit about the company and what you guys do, but uh, it'd probably be better to hear it from you. So can you tell us a little bit about what XByte does? Sure. Well, we are. Uh, when it all comes down to it, we're a reseller of, of IT equipment. Um, and it's not all the, the consumer stuff that's out there. It's really the enterprise stuff that'll sit in the rack of a of a computer company somewhere or in a data center somewhere. Um, we sell everything that goes into that rack. Um, mostly it's going to be the, the Dell stuff, and we focus on their refurbished units. So we'll, we'll buy a bunch of stuff actually straight from Dell, break it down to components, and then, and then allow customers to custom configure and even buy parts from us. Now, you know, you mentioned custom configuring, and, and this is kind of how, how you guys came onto my radar, is that normally with a, a vendor, some you know, somebody like Dell and HP, that if you take one of their systems and you change it, even even just a, a little bit, like adding an extra hard drive or adding extra RAM, the moment you call support, the first thing they do is tell you to take anything out that you customize, right? So that, that really causes a problem, but you guys are okay with that. How, how does that work? We are, and it and it, we, we, it's not where, where we've always been okay with that. It, it's something where we worked with Dell over years. They've, they've come out and actually done site visits with us, and they got so comfortable with what we do, they allow us to change the configuration. So when we sell a server, we just send them a file. It tells them what, how we configured it, and then they honor the warranty on that configuration. 
And that's a pretty uncommon thing, right? Because I, I, I know a lot of people that work with Dell servers, and I, I have not heard of another organization being able to do this and, and actually like maintain the warranties. So uh, how many other organizations are there like you? Um, I, there, for the past year, there's only been one other organization that we knew about doing this sort of thing. So it, it's just the experience with Dell, and we, we've been fighting for it, and they, they trust our two organizations. So, so with the refurbished, do you have any difficulty in terms of having stock when, uh, when someone calls up and is looking for something in particular, or are you able to keep a pretty good backlog of refurbished things so when someone calls, you can fill that order? Yeah, we keep a pretty good backlog. Um, occasionally, we'll find some limitations on it, but what's happened is we've been in business for 15 years. So over that time, we have a lot of data as far as our burn rates on equipment, so we have a good prediction of how many we're going to need. So we, we try and keep anywhere between one and two months stock of our most popular pieces of equipment on hand at any given time. And you find that like, you know, as far as, well, I, actually, I guess let me clarify this before I ask my other question. Um, if, if we get a refurbished server, I know Dell sells them directly as well, and, and you guys do. Um, if we get a refurbished server and we have some kind of a problem, right, a, a power supply fails, a hard drive fails, who, who is it that executes that warranty? Is that you or is that Dell? How does that work out? For us, we, we'll do it either way. So for our customers, we have some who, who love Dell. And when we sell the, configure, the server, that we offer it with Dell's warranty, and they can call up Dell, get Dell's on-site crew to come on out and do whatever they need to do. But we also allow our customers just to call us. And so through our relationship with Dell, we can handle the warranty for the customer, and, uh, and, and it works out very well. So we have those who just love us. We're, we're, we're very easy to deal with. Uh, that's really been why we started the company. Um, back in the day, it was Tom Santilli. He's the, he's the founder of the company, and he was director of IT at University of Florida. So something near and dear to, I know, the uh, IT Pro TV folks. But, uh, but as he was doing that, he realized that, that dealing with IT companies wasn't good. I mean, I mean it sucked. You're, you had to wait forever for a quote. Um, you had to deal with phone trees, leaving messages for people that, that, that they weren't there. So we wanted to create a different kind of IT company, and, and that's where the company came about 15 years ago. And we've held those values all the way through till now. And so when I talk about the, the warranty process, why co companies, you think, why would someone go to Xbyte and not Dell? It's because of how easy it is. If it, we deal with sysadmins, and they know what they're talking about. If they tell us a drive is bad, the drive is bad. We don't need the, the, to have them walk through 100 different hoops to prove that they're, they're not an idiot. So they just give us the error code, tell us it's bad, and we, we overnight a replacement right out to them. Now, you know, you mentioned how it's refurbished equipment, and I've always wondered this, that when you go to really any manufacturer's website, a lot of them sell refurbished equipment. And what, do you know what the, the like backstory of that equipment is? Do you know where it's coming from or why it was refurbished, or is it already refurbished by the time you receive it? It's already refurbished when we get to it, but with, with Dell, it's, it's not as if anything was ever broken. I mean, no one's doing board-level replacements. No one's soldering anything in, in this market. What it turns out to be most of the time is that someone did a proof of concept with Dell, or they ordered the wrong configuration, and they returned it back to Dell. Any of these reasons sends equipment back to Dell. And for them, they can't tear it down, put it back in the manufacturing process, because they lost control of it. So they don't know the complete supply chain at that point. So they have to sell it to other people. And so we, we step in, we buy million-dollar lots from them at a time, and, uh, uh, and, and then it comes into to us. So it's, when you look at it, the, 
the only difference is there's a green sticker that Dell puts on it that says refurbished. And other than that, in about two to three weeks of lifetime, that's the only difference between what we sell and what, what Dell sells new. So you've, you've focused on a lot on Dell and, and um, you know, that sounds like the biggest one that you guys work with, but what are some of the other um, products you guys offer as well? From the server side, we, we, we work exclusively with Dell and we have a very tight partnership with them. And, and so we do that on the server side. We also deal with uh, networking switches. And for, for that, I mean, Dell just doesn't have the market share. So we do a lot of Dell switches, but we also do Cisco. We also do Juniper. Um, we also do HPE. And I know, um, you know, well, here, I'll, I'll throw in a real world story here, something I've dealt with in the past, which is, uh, you know, a, a couple of organizations I've worked at, I've, I've built out clusters. And in the earlier days of clustering, at least in like the, the Windows environment, um, it was always a really big challenge to get uh, matching equipment because you might order a, a batch of six servers to build out a six node cluster. And then down the road, you say, boy, I really wish I had one more node or two more nodes. But now, you can't order that same generation of server anymore, right? You've got to go back a generation, and, and they're not selling it new, or it's not available, or or maybe they're still selling it, but they've updated the CPUs to a new generation, and so you know, you got a, a matching problem there. You guys, because you you, know, you mentioned you kind of have that lead time where you, you hold equipment, uh, that that actually would be a really good fit there, right? That we'd still be able to get a uh, maybe a last generation server, even though they've moved on to a new one? Correct, all, all the time, and, and it's funny. One of the stories we, we love to tell is that when, when NASA was uh, landing the first Mars rover, they, uh, they had a data center. It was actually, for those, for those who've been in Dell for a while, back in the 1750 days um, with 1750 servers, they had uh, three data centers, a, uh, a main data center, a backup, and a backup, each with 500 servers. And they, they, needed, they needed more for, to, to kind of a backup to all of that, a, a second set. So they went to Dell, and Dell was several years, several generations away from that 1750 and couldn't help them out. So we were able to help NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab, the JPL, and, and, and hook up thousands of servers, thousands of 1750s to help them land that first Mars rover. So that, that, that same story happens a lot, where there's been tanks in Iraq that we've helped out with. Um, there's been a, a, a medical company that actually had servers in their, in their microscopes um, that they sold, uh, that are geared, we helped out with. And so there's also been major banks recently in the last year. They're, they were expanding out a data center, and Dell no longer carried that, that server anymore. And they didn't want to completely retool all their automation. So they, they came to us, and we were able to, to help them out with, with the servers they needed and match it to, to what they had. And I'm sure that, that story happens all the time, but it's a lot cooler when it's a Mars rover as opposed to <laughs> this insurance company was able to get that uh, you know claim system back online. It was it was amazing. So that's that's probably a pretty fun story to to tell over uh, over some cocktails. Um, so I wanted to ask about uh, if I have a, a problem with the server, but you know obviously we're talking about sysadmins here. They know how to change a hard drive. They know how to you know change a power supply. I don't have to pull that whole thing and send it back to you. I'm able to get parts as well from you, or how does that work? Correct. We have we have a full line of parts for all the equipment. Um, we have certified engineers by Dell who can help you out. So if, while yes, all the sysadmins are comfortable with the the main type of work, they may have questions about more specifics. Uh, especially nowadays, it's really crazy when you're dealing with all different kinds of software out there. Um, I mean, you're, you're done with VMware or any of those other companies that have the, um, the limitations on which, which drives you can use, um, which, which firmware you can use on any, any of those drives. So the, with that, they'll come to us and make sure that if we're sending a replacement, 
it's going to meet those requirements of the software companies they work with. You know, and, and let's talk about those requirements real quick, because I know, like, um, when you buy a Dell server, like, if I just go straight retail, straight to their website, there's a maximum amount of RAM that you can order, and there's a maximum amount of storage, you know, just using their web-based configuration tools. And, and even if you call them, there's certain maximums. And, and the, the reason they set those maximums is that they, the hardware might be able to support more, but they've only tested to a certain level. And you pay a premium price because of that testing. They've done that research and experimentation and, and labbed it up to see what it could do. Uh, for you guys, I know that you're able to add more than what even Dell tested. And so what, what's your process there to make sure that that's like stable and, and okay to do when even Dell themselves aren't doing that? Um, we'll, we'll see a lot of that. Um, sometimes companies will want to go with... Um, we try and talk them out of it, but but a lot of times nowadays we'll try and go third party from a from an SSD standpoint. So what we try and do is we'll, we'll partner with some companies that um, and and work with them in their testing. So we'll actually have our our labs here. Um, we'll have our automation tools go through several test scenarios, um, let it go for several days because we found a lot of times scenarios may not pop up for several days. So you'll continue to let it keep running for several days and then it'll, and then it'll come up uh, and you may see an error or something. Uh, we'll report that back with the manufacturer of the equipment, work with them to, to do firmware updates so that they're more capable of working in, in scenarios of our customers. Oh, so this is kind of kind of like a, you know, a Linux distribution where you, know, you might have Linux Mint that's based off of Ubuntu that's based off of Debian, and if Linux Mint fixes something, they push the fix up to Debian, up to Ubuntu, you know, so they, they go upstream. So you guys do the same. When you spot some kind of issue, you report that back up to Dell, and and it's fixed not just for you guys, but fixed for everybody else as well. Does that happen often? Um, not often. But, uh, more with some of the, 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 the lower third-party companies with equipment that they'll want to make sure works in Dell environment. So what, what are some of the cool products you're seeing kind of coming, uh, coming down the pipe now for you guys, the, the popular things that people are, are picking up or, or the next big thing? The, I mean, uh, hyperconverged. When you, you, a lot of times you're hearing that all, all over the place, um, the, with Nutanix kind of pioneering that. But you, you see a lot of companies kind of pushing that. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with software-defined networking. So you'll start. You're, you're also starting to see a lot of that coming down the road. Where before you, do, I mean, you think of a switch. It's really just a computer with some connections, some ports in it. So you'd have to imagine, hey, why can't I why can I define that through a software layer? And you're starting to see you're starting to see more of that. Uh, VMware has their NSX that has that, but you're starting to see a lot of companies with that technology, and uh, which which allows your cloud clusters to to kind of sit on your on-premise environment. But if if you figure out, hey, you know what, I want to have that 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 whole stack somewhere else, you can move that to any of the hosting companies, your AWS, your Azure out there. You can move it to your own co-located cloud, your own private cloud somewhere else, because of the fact that your 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 networking level layer is also within the software. And that gives you complete uh, portability of your of your your entire network. You know, that's something I've often wondered about: is that the companies that the cell servers, people like Dell, HP, well, you guys, uh, with more and more people moving to the cloud, and you hear about these cloud environments like, uh, uh, well, like Google, where they build their own server, they don't use. Dell servers, right? Uh, so I was curious about how much that impacts you. But if you're if you're targeting that hyper-converged area, then people are still buying those servers. People are still using those on-premises and then pushing up into solutions. Do you guys, uh, uh, do you resell to any data centers or, or like any cloud providers? 
Um, we do. We, we do resell to data centers um, who, are, who are operating uh, other hyperconverged scenarios. Um, we work with companies, I mean, the actual hyperconverged software companies. So we work with VMware, um, Microsoft, of course. We work with Starwind, a big partner of ours as well, um, on the hyperconverged space. Uh, they put their equipment in, in data centers. For, for us, we've seen the, the shrinking down of the number of servers um, for smaller companies ever since virtualization came around. So it, it's, it's not necessarily the cloud that's done it, it it's the virtualization. So back I mean, 10 years ago, if you, you had a file server, you had a print server, you had um, I mean, anything you needed, a uh, database server, all those were separate machines. With virtualization and the ability to, to really put a, many servers onto the same physical box, that's where companies kind of begin to shrink down. Um, but then as, then as they've begun to do hyperconverge, that's begun to expand again because that, that hard, hardware layer, which used to, be, used to be more restricted to your EMCs of the world, that's come down to the server world. So we're starting to see more servers because of that. So it's, 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 a, it's an ebb and flow. Um, the, the cloud, people use that term all the time. If, if someone takes a server from XByte, puts it into a data center, that's co and then they have a co-located environment, that's, people consider that the cloud as well, but it's not your public cloud out there in the world. So that, that cloud term makes it fuzzy. So because of co-location, we're, we're also seeing a lot, of, a lot more sales because people are thinking about things like backups more. So they may have an actual like uh, backup, a disaster recovery system, and they'll have that out at a co-located facility somewhere, but it'll still be on their own servers, but it'll be somewhere else technically in the cloud. Um, so that, that's helped our sales. So again, there's flows, um, but we've continued to see growth uh, throughout all of it. And I have noticed a lot of vendors, especially Microsoft, has really been doing a good job about creating that differentiation between a public cloud and a private cloud. And and there's even there's even hybrids in between there, where you get uh, where certain portions of that deployment might be a public cloud and certain portions might be private. Uh, so you're seeing a lot of variety. Now, one thing I, I always experienced in the, the early days as we started rolling out virtualization was that we needed more and more RAM in our hosts. And RAM kind of became our bottleneck that dictated how many virtualization hosts we needed based on the, the amount of RAM we were trying to support. Uh, some of the newer servers that have been coming out have some really impressive amounts of, of memory that you can get in. Uh, do you know offhand, like, what's the, the max amount of RAM you guys have seen in, in one of your server configurations? Oh, uh, max, probably two terabytes of, of memory is something that we've, we've done um, recently. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, the, the new servers we're, coming, we're seeing coming out in the new memory, you're seeing 128 gig sticks of memory out there that are possible. And I believe the, the beefy one um, that I've seen recently can get 64 of those. Um, so so that's, that's a, lot, a lot of memory that's potential out there. Um, our customers really, I'd say two terabytes is kind of the max they're going with on, on, on equipment. But really, the, I mean, because the price is absurd. I mean, if you put 64, <laughs> 128 gig dims in your server, I mean, that's, that's uh, probably close, close to a million dollars out there if I did the math in my head real quick. Um, so not, not many companies are going to come out and do that. I mean, our, our audience is your, your traditional SMB, so maybe like the 50 to 100 user companies. Not many of those are, are spending that, that half million to a million dollars just on memory. Yeah, and, and to have a long-term need for it also, right? Because if, if you're buying the server, that means you've got a long-term need. And most people that are going for that much memory are, are using things like uh, AWS, whatever's they can have that temporary rental type um, 
You know, which, uh, do you guys deal in that market at all? Like if people need equipment temporarily? Um, we do. Yeah, we, we do. We do rentals, short-term rentals. Um, it's, to be honest, we'd love to see more of that business. So if there's any listeners who do want uh, short-term rentals, hit us up. But uh, we, um, we do that. I mean, we, we, have, we have $7 million of inventory sitting in our warehouse. So if, if, if we can rent it out to somebody, then that's, that, that's a great scenario for us from a return perspective. Um, we'll even work with you. With, if, if we deal with a hosting partner, we'll do a lease through the hosting company um, and kind of take some of the risk out of that. Um, because we'll know where the equipment is, so we can do some some leases with companies that may not other qualify for it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of scenarios where this could play out. So, like, let's say I wanted to do disaster recovery testing, right? So, I wanted maybe I didn't want to impact my production servers, but I didn't have a whole separate set of servers laying around that we could say, hey, for this week or this month, we're going to rent a duplicate set of equipment. We can test all of our restores on the same type of servers and get an idea of what that would take. Uh, that'd be that'd be pretty impressive. Yeah, and what's cool there is not necessarily saying we have to bring them in here, but being able to send them to a different hosting provider that can help with with that kind of setup. The the big question I have is is what what do you need done in that server rack behind you that uh, <laughs> that you don't have yet? You've got there's a lot of blank space uh, at the bottom, <laughs> or or I should say what. What blank plates do you have? I know. <laughs> what front plates do you have? Speaking of prior generations, some yeah. of those, uh, yeah, you know, some of those are actually pretty old. Well, especially that Sun Microsystems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's uh, art. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite. But uh, <laughs> we yeah. we have actually heard of companies who who took Christmas lights and put them into the servers to make it look like they're actually doing something when they're trying to get funding. Uh, oh, <laughs> trying to get funding. That's fantastic. Yeah, that that's taking vaporware to a whole, whole new level. Because we have a vapor yeah. data center as well. Uh, you know, a lot of people look at the IT department as a cost center, so that's one way to say, it, like, look, we're really doing something. That's fantastic. Well, I got a target at at Cyber Week special. Exactly. So, uh, if if we're interested in in renting equipment or or uh, you know t the traditional buying equipment, um, how do we reach out to you guys? Where do we find you online? Sure. Yeah, the, the best way is just our website, uh, nice and easy, X-B-Y-T-E, xbyte.com. Um, you can reach out to us. Um, you can call us up. Um, we also, um, we, we, we had to get one of those vanity uh, phone numbers, so it's 888-X-Byte-IT, um, so that you, you can also call us up. Um, and for those without a phone in front of them right now, uh, it's 888-929-8348. Uh, I love that that's not one of those vanity phone numbers. It's still like... 12 digits too long where you've got those <laughs> extra numbers and you're still dialing as someone's picking up to, to say thank you. <laughs> you're saying something dumb? Uh, you know, I, I was browsing through the catalog and, you know, it, we, we've talked about a lot of the stuff that you guys have, the, you know, servers, we talked about switches, networking, that kind of thing. Um, storage, I guess we kind of just briefly hit on, but EMC storage. Um, but you had mentioned at the beginning of the interview that you guys did really all of the equipment that can be found inside of the rack, and, and that includes a lot beyond just servers and network gear, right? It's things like power distribution and environment monitoring. And um, you guys, you have a partnership with Geist, don't you, uh, for doing environmental equipment? Uh, we do, yeah. Um, for environmental monitoring, we, we, do, we work with Geist. Um, we work with them back when they were IT watchdogs as well. Um, and then uh, Geist did the acquisition and, and rebranded it all to, to Geist. Um, so all their all their uh, environment monitoring we also do. So if someone's looking to to just test to make sure their their humidity is not too high. Um, a lot of times right before the summer, people are looking at okay, is is 
is my server closet um, is going to get too hot. Um, so, so Geist makes several products to, to help out that, not only monitoring, but also move the airflow. Um, a, lot of these, a lot of these schools, they'll have just a closet. And so they'll have to have some sort of scenario where it'll, it'll take the air out. Um, it's funny, before even talking with Geist, I didn't know how, how air conditioning worked and how it was an actual closed infrastructure. Um, so it, so the, that air can't come in unless air is coming out. So you, you actually have to have um, products from companies like Geist to, to move that air out of the server closet so that new, air, new fresh air can come in. Because a lot of times all you have is the crack under the door for fresh air to come in um, so that you require something to move that air. Yeah, I always found this stuff fascinating because it gets overlooked by a lot of people. And and uh, you know some of the, the stories I have, if you're managing a, a a remote data center, you have a disaster recovery site, and maybe it's not fully staffed. You don't necessarily know what's going on at any given time. Uh, so being able to track things like humidity. But here in Florida, and, and you you know, this time of year we're normally interviewing people up north, and we get to make fun of them because they're snowed <laughs> in or whatever. You're, you're actually further <laughs> south than we are. Uh, the humidity is so bad here that when you get a brand new server shipped to you and you, you bring it off of the UPS truck, if you just open it up and chuck it into your server room right away and your server room's at a nice cool 65 degrees, you get water condensation, right? All over, it can ruin equipment. So you have to let it acclimate. You have to, to set it outside of the data center, let it kind of reach that room temperature and then move it in. That's uh, really important steps. And if we're not monitoring that stuff, you don't know about it. So it, it's neat to see, you know, when you guys say that you're offering all the stuff inside of the rack, you, you actually are. It's all the different things that you'd need inside of that data center environment. Yeah, we actually use the Geist tools around our warehouse to monitor our own humidity levels. So to make sure that we didn't leave a door open too long to to, to increase the humidity of, of, of our facilities. Um, we actually, to, to help with a lot of that, everyone in our warehouse wears grounded heel straps. So from, a, from not only humidity, but also just a static electricity to, to make sure that um, we're, we're watching out for, for ESD. Um, and they all test themselves multiple times a day. Anytime they come to and out of our, of our uh, of the, the actual warehouse facility, they're always testing themselves to make sure they are they are still grounded, and we have grounding mats everywhere. So we we really take our facility to the next level. Well, you guys, you're in Clearwater, right? We're in Bradenton. Oh, okay, all right. It was pretty close, though. Um, you know, yeah. Clearwater is a city that uh, I don't go to very often, but I do mention from time to time because they are the lightning capital of the world. <laughs> And uh, more more lightning strikes per year than anywhere else on the planet. It's an amazing little factoid. Uh, you guys are not far from there, so <laughs> I imagine. Uh, I mean, just Florida's temperature and climate alone is a problem. But then when you stack that on top of it, and then you've got millions of dollars of of electronic equipment, that that's a pretty big challenge, I imagine. Lots of insurance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lots of insurance. No, but we we, we monitor for all, for everything like that. Um. To, to, to make sure that, that we're protected. And we even have some areas where, where the floors themselves are sealed off um, to protect for, for, for ESD, um, any potential there. Um, so, so, I mean, beyond that, I mean, just, just the networking to be able to kind of isolate out different areas of the, of the warehouse um, so that if we potentially load a system and it has any kind of malware on it, it doesn't, it doesn't get to everyone as well. So not only from the electrostatic piece of it, but also just from a, from a malware standpoint, we've tried to protect our environment. Uh, you know, let, let's uh, let's move on to a different topic real quick. Um, there's been a, a lot of talk in the media lately about the Intel management engine and some of the the issues that are going on around it. That's uh, you know the the remote management software that's built into Intel CPUs. And Dell hasn't really taken any official stance on that. Have you guys been hearing from your customers? Like, are, are people? 
Are you hearing demand for people wanting to disable that feature, or has it been pretty much off the radar? Pretty much off the radar for us. Um, it's just it's just the type of customers we deal with, where they're the small and medium-sized businesses. They're not involved or, or worried about a lot of that piece of it. Okay. You know, you have a unique perspective on this because you deal with that customer quite a bit. And we just read you know, on a lot of tech blogs and other places where people are saying, oh, yeah, there's going to be this huge business outcry. And I look at it and I think, well, I, I don't really know that there would be. I, I could see there being a, an individual consumer type outcry. But on the business side, it's a it's an enterprise feature. It's something you'd make use of. So, uh, yeah, it's just you know, different different perspectives yeah. on that problem right now. Definitely. All right. Well, uh First of all, thank you so much for uh, taking the time with us uh, today. Anything else that we missed that you wanted to mention? Um, no, just, I mean, you, uh, if anyone wants to find out more information about us, of course, come to our website, www.xbyte.com, X-B-Y-T-E, and, you, and you'll find us. We're there. Or since we are in, in December now, um, if anyone up north wants to just come down, can they just swing by? And <laughs> we, we love doing we love doing warehouse tours. So come on by, um, enjoy the sun, the fun. Beaches are open. Huh? You know, even for us, I think we might need to go down and do a warehouse tour, Peter. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's in the low 50s uh, here where we are in, in Gainesville, Florida. So yeah, we're right now. Even today, yeah. right now, yeah, it's rainy. Wow, 50s, beautiful. I think. I think we're mid seventies right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> just rub it. So siesta, siesta key, come on down. Yeah. And the people up in Chicago are going. Both of you sound like jerks right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that'd be fun. Maybe we'll come down for a warehouse tour sometime. Bring a camera and uh, and and check out some of that because that uh, it's fun to talk about, but it's even even cooler to see. So, um, thank you again uh, for taking the time today, and uh, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you for having me. Well, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it, always interesting to kind of learn and, and get the perspective from other people that are out there in the field. And it's very, very rare that we get a t chance to talk to somebody who is basically moving tens of thousands of servers per year like that and really got their finger on the pulse of what's going on. And we're going to hear more out of XBite over the coming year because we, we are going to go down for that that tour. I, I think it'd be a lot of fun to actually see the warehouse and how they, they build out equipment. And and even even if we didn't look at that, just some of the, the ESD protections that he was talking about. That's pretty hardcore stuff we don't normally get to see. So so I, I want to go and see some of that stuff in person. I think it'd be really fun. And we've also talked about maybe getting them up here to help us in the studios when we're trying to show off some equipment. And it's it's uh, good to talk about that equipment and, and talk about the things that are out there. A lot of times we'll bring up the websites, but to actually have that hardware and, and the, these really expensive things that we're not going to go out and buy just to keep for a yeah. show, but you know to have it in there to, to show off would be pretty cool. Yeah, if you think about like when, when Ford releases a new car, right, a new Mustang comes out, there's commercials all over the place. You, you see them out there on the road. So you, you kind of get an idea of what's new and, and what's different from this year's model versus last year's model. But with servers, they don't run commercials on TV, or it's extremely rare that they do. And, and when they launch new ones, they're not going out of their way to announce to you, here's what the new features are. So being able to reach out to somebody like XBite and find out, hey, wait, What's new and exciting? Why is this year's model better than last year's model? And, and to be able to see that from the people who are actually involved in it, I think is really valuable. Yeah. And what struck me from that interview, too, and, I, and I'd be curious to hear what, you know, what your takeaways were, but uh, I'm, I'm normally not afraid of refurbished, uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm looking at things online. But when I get to something that expensive or something that critical for my business, that word just kind of scares me because you, you asked about, you know, well, do I know the story about where this this machine came from and what it went through? And that was interesting to hear. You know, not just 
um, what the process is once they get that that server back uh, to Dell, and and then once Xbyte gets that server, but also you know the the things that can make it be checked off as refurbished that hey went out to a customer maybe they didn't even open the box but they realized oops we ordered the wrong thing that comes back and that's not just going back on the shelf because the way dell works and how everything is kind of configured when you buy it so uh, it has to go out that that other refurbished route at that point so uh, i mean i don't think it's necessarily a big money saving thing at this point because um you know you're buying it from xbyte to maybe have it configured the way you like it but um but seeing that refurbished thing isn't necessarily a red flag. Yeah, you know, there's actually there's two different kinds of refurbished that we see, and, and this goes for everything, not just for servers. Uh, you know, some is where they are vendor returns, right? So, so they they got the equipment back for some reason; it was ordered incorrect, maybe it was damaged in transit, and they can fix it and then sell it. And when it's like that, that's pretty safe because those they they typically have the full warranty on them. So if something is wrong with it, you just do a warranty exchange. It's not yeah. not that big of a deal. And, most of the times, if you buy brand new and you have to do a warranty exchange, they're sending you refurb parts back out anyway, so you kind of end up refurb. So I, I don't worry in those scenarios. Where I do worry is when they say refurbished, and it's actually not refurbished. It's more like remanufactured, where they uh, maybe they had a, a lease-out equipment. So the equipment was leased out to a company for an entire year, and now they bring it back and they, they just clean it up. Yeah, That's it's, their, not, their it's, refurb. it's used, essentially, but they're calling it refurbished at that point. Right, yeah. and those are easy to spot because they'll tell you they have a 60-day warranty or a 90-day warranty. When the warranty is that short, because they, they don't know the, the condition of the hardware very well at that point— those I don't trust, and that, that's not what XByte does. So it's important to, to understand that differentiation. Um, I know my uh, my sister, she was shopping for a laptop for one of her kids, and she asked me for advice, and she sent me a link to a refurb laptop she was going to buy, and it was from Target. And Target is not the first company I think of when I think of buying computers, uh, but if you read the small print on this one, the, the laptop was a lease-out. It was one that had been somebody had used that laptop for an entire year, and they only guaranteed the battery to last 45 minutes. And there was a lot of other little conditions, and it was just not worth it to do that. Um, so you know, even if there is a money saving, sometimes the equipment's not worth it. But in this scenario, we're talking about you know pretty well new. But even if it isn't, they they have that full Dell warranty, so you can do the three year standard or even go five and seven years on some of the equipment. That that really eliminates the risk of refurb. Yeah, and what's cool is that you know you know when a refurb comes back to Dell, they're they're cracking the case, they're um, you know fixing anything that's wrong with it. But in this case, it's actually then going out to Xbyte, who's also you know opening it up, looking at everything, making some changes where where you've requested them. But uh, you know to to know that I've not only had Dell look at this, but I've had these other experts look at this as well, and these are experts that. You know, maybe unlike those guys at, at Dell, I can pick up the <laughs> phone and, and, and get somebody on the phone to help me if I've got an issue. Um, you know, that, that's that's pretty good peace of mind, especially when you're talking a bit, again about something that you're trusting all of your business data to. So that, that's uh, that's pretty neat. Anything else stand out to you from the interview? Uh, you know, just, uh, we've had the chance to meet them several times. They're a good group of people. You know, uh, um, uh, everybody we've met there has been just extremely pleasant to deal with. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're in that market, certainly give them a call. But uh, but even if you're not, just a, a chance to learn about the equipment that's out there, I, I think, is is an opportunity we definitely want to look into. So we're, we're going to be reaching out to them more as the year goes on. Sounds good. Well, uh, thank you, Don, uh, for your help there on the interview. And uh, thank you all for watching. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. So uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Uh, please take a moment to uh, rate it and review it if you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, uh, please uh, keep that to yourself, as I always <laughs> like to say. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's, that's going to do it for us this time. But we will see you next week for sure. So um, for Don, 
I'm Peter, and I still haven't thought of anything else to say for the end of the, the podcast yet, so we'll just do that. One day. One day we'll have a good close for this show, and it'll be creative and amazing, and everyone will write in about how great it was that our show ended. And today is not that day. <laughs> See you next time.